What is up guys? My name is Adnan Shafi and I'm going to be your host on Pariah Nation today. Today we have a very special guest. Her name is Egypt and would you just like to quickly introduce yourself? Um hello, my name is Egypt and I'm the CEO of my own two companies, Chubby Line and Bully Chasers, and I'm 14 years old. Wonderful. So, we're going to basically be talking about the fact that age is just a number. So, Egypt has a very very wide CV as we've seen as you've probably seen on the ads and everything and we're just going to start like from the bottom right so you have two businesses and there's one that's tackling bullying and there's another one that's a fashion brand yes. so do you want to just briefly explain to us where that entrepreneurial fire came from like where did it come from um well like most of my family has their own business and i always like thought like wow i can do that too because my entire family has like their own thing that they do so um and I created the bullying company because I was bullying myself and I didn't want anybody else to go through what I went through. So I just decided to make a company where I can go around to the different schools and communicate to those children. So there's a lot of, yeah, you basically just outlined the two bases like of your business. And uh, I think a lot of people just assume that once you see a problem that someone else is going to sort it out. So what made you actually want to take action and what made you think that this is something that I want to commit my time and uh, perhaps maybe it was money, starting a website, and all these different things. What made you want to commit to an idea and actually make it livable? Well, I know I always can't depend on other people. So I just decided to just, like, make my own thing so I don't have to wait on anybody doing something for me. I could just do it myself. Hmm. And briefly, just on the, the African business, the, the clothing line and everything, how did that idea come up? Well, I'm Nigerian, so... <laughs> I just decided to just go with it because, like, I don't, like, I know Nigeria more than anything. So Mm -hmm. I just decided to use that as my platform. Okay. And uh, did you have any guidance at the beginning? Did you even know what you were getting into when you started these two businesses? Or was it just all new to you? Um, My sister used to be in the fashion industry. Mm -hmm. And my mom was, like, her manager. So I was just, like, they were always going to fashion shows. I was, like. I wouldn't do that. Yeah. No, I guess I think the main problem with a lot of people is that the first excuse that I usually hear from young entrepreneurs is, I don't know how to do that. And I think that entrepreneurship comes with a lot of learning. And yeah, yeah definitely. I mean, what was the whole process like? How, when you started off, did you make a plan? Did you just get straight into it? Do you sew your own clothes? Like, what's the whole process behind the business? Um. Well, my mom, like, she does the plans because I, I can't communicate with but you because she's more sophisticated than me i'm not gonna text back if, <laughs> if somebody texts me so she like handles the emails and my publicist handles the emails but with like the sewing i do that all myself mm. with the help of my grandma sometimes because i don't know how to do everything so mm. um yeah basically i just do everything myself besides the planning because 
that's way too many emails and I don't like texting that so yeah I think that's a that's an element of self-awareness I guess um I know myself <laughs> when it comes to podcasting and different things uh I know how to do certain things and I don't at the same time so you kind of have to split your time between all that learning and uh, also uh, just trying to get someone else to do that for you and you're telling me that you so all of the clothes that you that people order online do you sew them by yourself or the t-shirts that are sold online are made in a factory but mm. i do create the designs that are on the t-shirt but um like the ones that are presented in fashion shows those are made by me oh wow okay and what how did that i mean you've gone basically from a small like business to being featured on new york fashion week how did that happen and like what was the whole story behind that well um they basically heard my story and they were like and like the people in new york fashion week are common friends of my mom so it wasn't that hard to get into it because but it was still at the same time it's like really tough and they don't like kids mm. in the mix of that so um basically i just had to push and keep working hard and publicizing myself for them to see me more and more and they'd be like oh she's not just a little kid so. Yeah, I think there's probably three things that are working against you in the business industry. First of all, you're a woman. Second of all, you're black. And third, you're a kid. So how have you received any, like, let's say, has anyone looked down upon your business for a certain yeah. reason or hasn't been able to work with you because you're young? What's that been like? Well, like, if I go in the fabric store, they'll just be like, I'll go with my mom and they'll be like, okay, ma'am, what do you need? I'm just like, I'm right here. <laughs> like they just like a lot of people start to downplay you like they'd be like oh she's a children's designer when I'm not and mm. like they'll just be like she has a little company like that's kind of like belittling sometimes mm. so it's just like okay you basically think very low of me yeah no I think it's definitely it's something that needs to change uh, a lot of young people are innovators right it was young people that brought us Facebook it was young people that brought us Uber and a lot of these innovations are from people that are of basically like 18 and under. Some people are 25, right? So what message would you leave for someone who's young and thinks that actually when I grow up, right? And I hate that saying, when I grow up, like I'm going to be this. Like what, what's your message to those people? Um, basically, the only person stopping you is you because you can basically do anything at mm. this point. There's so many re resources that you can use to do your own thing. So it's just like... If you sit there and be like, I can't do this, you're lying. Because you can't. Yeah, no, I can definitely appreciate that. And I guess my biggest question is to a lot of people who are like, I don't have time, right? What's... There's, there's time. <laughs> there's always time. And how's, did you have to come back from school and then work to yeah. like a certain amount of, yeah. you know, what was that like? Um, well, it's a little bit hard sometimes because you have to juggle homework. Mm. studying and going to school with like coming home and working so that's why my mom like basically just plans everything on weekends so that's mm. like when I don't have to like run from school to someplace else but sometimes it comes to that and did you ever have to sleep late and did you ever have to give up certain like parties and different things to go to like what did you have to give up to get to where you are um, currently sometimes I have to give up like certain things I like to do but um, I have like two full weekends. Like this winter break, um, I had the whole break to myself, like mm. to just 
stay home and just do nothing. <laughs> so it's just like it's good. But um sometimes I do have to give up like going with my friends because I have to think about like how is me hanging out with my friends gonna benefit me? Mm. So like is it gonna mm. actually benefit my company or is it just because I wanna be with my friends? And do you feel like you've had to grow up very quickly? Not really. Mm-hmm. I still like I feel like I'm a kid, but um sometimes I feel like I grow I've grown up but like I've always been pretty mature, so it doesn't mm. really matter. And you've had to deal with ad- a lot of adults, I'm sure. And that's kind of... I, sometimes the adults are worse than kids. They're just <laughs> very immature and they don't know how to carry themselves. That Yeah, I think a huge misconception that we have is that adults are perfect. And like the fact is, I'm an adult and I'm, I'm 18, right? But I'm, I still appreciate that I'm growing. And... Uh, as an entrepreneur, sometimes it can be daunting. I mean, you're dealing with people who are 30 years your senior and like you might have to close them as a client or something mm-hmm. like that. And they'll be like, oh, but you're a kid. And like, it's like the lack I of experience. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. You don't. Like, most, some of them don't like to admit that they need your help and that they don't know how to do certain things because they feel that they're an adult. They have their life sorted out and you don't. Mm. Like, I might have my life more sorted out than they do. So yeah. it's just like... I don't know. I don't know. Like, sometimes adults just act like that. And I don't really like that. Hmm. And would you just describe any experience where you've probably had to deal with someone pushing back on your work or looking down upon your work because you're young? Like, has anyone rejected, uh, let's say, a proposal from you? Or uh, has anyone turned you down from a fashion show because you are young? Well, sometimes it's like I work with uh, fellow like designers that are close to my age, and it's sometimes the moms that act like that. Like I mm. want to collab with their child, and they be like, "No," because like conflict of interest. But at the same time, it's just like <laughs> we're both kids. We should be like working together to like show other people what we can do. But like, it's always like the parents. <laughs> Parents <laughs> and like the child can't go against their parent because they have to live with them. So yeah. it's just like, yeah, what is there to do? Actually, do okay. And I guess um, you've mentioned a lot about like running your business, and there's a lot that you're juggling. I mean, just before the show, we were talking to your mom, and she was telling us that she runs five different email accounts. You have I don't know to, how she does that. yeah. There's a lot. <laughs> Apparently, eight. That's what we're hearing now. Uh, but it's a lot of work. And you're running not just one, but two businesses, right? So just briefly outline the second business and perhaps tell us how have you managed to juggle both of that and still go to school? Which one? Both, like, like both of the businesses? Like which one oh, started first? Yeah. Um, well, one of the businesses are like more active than the other one, which is like the bullying business because the fashion shows we've cut down like a lot mm-hmm. because like that takes a whole lot of time out of my like my own time so like the bullying businesses i can just i can just think of a speech and go to a school and like talk about talk about certain things but um with the fashion line you have to like sit there behind the scenes for like 12 hours Mm. and it's just a whole lot like next to having the clothes together so with like the bullying business i feel like it's easier to just use that Mm. than to do the like the fashion show 
Okay. And what's what's the main story behind the the bullying business? Like what prompted you to want to take action? Because a lot of people uh kind of discount the 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 amount of bullying that's happening in schools, not just in the US, but I know back home in Kenya it's it's a huge thing and in a lot of different countries. Like how did that actually start out? Like I started thinking about like all the kids that were getting bullied like me and like how they've been trying to tell the adults that the adults are just like they're just playing around with you mm. and stuff like that. So it's just like how could you really depend on like the adult if they're not actually going to help you? Mm. Like get somebody like you can always have somebody that has a voice but like they're not going to be there forever. So it's just like you should make like different things inside the school where you can like have a place where you can reach out to with other kids your age. Okay. And um how how far reaching is that business gone and what how exactly do you help people who have been bullied? Is there a call line? What's the main uh like structure of the business and how does it work? Um well, my inbox is always open to other kids my age where they can like tell me what they're going through and stuff and my mom will tell me and I'll just I'll like sit there I'll schedule sometimes I'll schedule a phone call with them and we'll like sit there and talk about what's going on or I could go to their school and like they could have a sit down meeting with like the guidance counselor the principal and things like that so it's basically just I don't know just, <laughs> yeah. yeah no I think it goes it goes like congratulations obviously because um people have messaged you from Japan and across different states we've had some Kenyans reach out as well and i mean i guess that means that you have to travel a lot like where have you traveled to because of your business why have you traveled i've traveled mostly in um i've traveled to mostly nigeria and um london, london. because like one london is kind of easier because like it's like more of a city place and you don't really need that many like security and things Nigeria mm. we need security and like plus I know a lot of people in Nigeria and the other places you have to like know people there for mm. you to go there because it's kind of dangerous to just go someplace you don't know anybody and it's <laughs> like God forbid you get stranded like you're stuck yeah no, I understand but that's really cool I mean you've traveled so far to like Nigeria and you said the UK uh and that's all because of one simple idea that you had and you're doing a lot of charity work um tell us a bit about that like what what charity have you done and like where exactly have you done it and why is it important to give back to your communities um well like i feel like the charity is important because like money revolves around everything so it's just like if you don't have enough money you can't really push like you can still do things but the money actually helps you like push your company further so if you donate to like a certain charity you can like push their company and help their company get places that they couldn't have gotten before okay and what projects have you done in nigeria for example um i donated to this school it was this all girls school and they like they had a storm and their roof was like gone mm. and they had no roof so the the sun was just beaming on them all the time and imagine sitting in school and the sun is just on you like that's not fun like yeah. here in america we have like resources where we have roofs we have air conditioner and heating and everything and we have like 
school lunch and th- like things that we take for granted but like down there in Nigeria like nobody was helping them so I was I took my own money and I was just like I'm going to help these kids because I have all these things but they don't so mm-hmm. they're going to um name the their library after me because I helped them like rebuild the entire school because in Niger- Nigeria they have like so many like they have like a few months where they have just a lot of rain and it's just a bunch of rain and it's like they're not used to that because mm. like it's always so hot so once you get rain and it's like constant rain you're just like stuff is gonna start falling apart yeah so yeah i mean that's first of all congratulations thank you and yeah i think it's it's a huge part of entrepreneurship i keep stressing this every single episode entrepreneurship is not just about billionaires it's not just about making apps that'll change the world a lot of entrepreneurship is social entrepreneurship and that's a clear example there where you run a project in a community that you know has been devastated and you transform that community essentially to uplift them from that place that they've gotten into because of a certain situation so i mean my message um probably through that simple story is that we don't know how much we have until we see what someone doesn't have yeah. right you you gain a lot of perspective again through travel and i'm sure that this is just a classic example of entrepreneurs being able to give back and like yeah well done on that and i guess as we move on to the next section i mean you've you've had to deal with a lot of fame recently so you're currently 14 right yes and uh, how many followers do you have on instagram I think I have like 13.6k. Yeah, I so thir- wrong. yeah. <laughs> It's the numbers always changing. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, 13.6000 followers and like what about other platforms? Other platforms? Well, I'm mostly on Instagram, other platforms. I think I got like to my max of friends on Facebook. Oh. And Twitter. what's the max? I think the lack I think the max is like 5000. 5000 friends yeah. on Facebook, yeah. Yeah. So it's just like There's a lot of people who actually try to reach out to me and I can't really answer all of them cuz it's too many people. <laughs> and you've had to deal with that basically and Yeah. Where else have you been featured on? So we've heard CNN, you're currently a UN uh junior ambassador of yes. peace and I mean I could go on but we probably finish the time on the podcast. <laughs> but you have several accolades, you've been in front of the camera before and you're so young. Right. So how have you been able to deal with that? I know sometimes there's been hate. Um a lot of people will not always resonate with your message. How have you dealt with that? Um I just learned to just ignore people who like have like their counter opinion against me like being a kid and like speaking out for everybody. Like I just try to ignore them because like at this point that's your opinion it really matter. Cuz <laughs> you have so many people that are working towards fighting bullying and there's like a few people that be like Well, the kids can handle that themselves. Or mm. they want to use violence against them. It's just like that's not going to work cuz then you're bullying back the person. You're not getting anywhere cuz you're back to their level. Mm. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I think uh, I've I've not actually grown to that extent, but you've probably had to do that on a regular basis. And um I think yeah, first of all, well done for getting to where you are right now. And um it's probably going to keep going or getting worse. <laughs> But I think yeah that's a classic example of someone who's just kind of ignored that hate and 
one person actually talks about this Gary V um an entrepreneur I mentioned on almost every podcast but he talks a lot about hate and it's basically people that have some poison inside them that they haven't been able to deal with and they're letting it out because they don't know how to deal with it right so what i mean you you basically specialized in bullying and this is a lot where bullying comes from so you, we just talked about the home background and how people actually view themselves just comment on that like how how do people actually tackle bullying from within and not just um as something that we say okay we're going to start this club yeah. or whatever like how do people actually go to the grassroots and tackle that bullying well it all starts with yourself you have to think about like do you actually believe what these people are telling to you mm. and like if you do believe it how, like do other people believe that about you not your bullies but like the other people that love you do they believe that about you and it's just like you have to make sure you're you're like confident with yourself before you tackle anything else because mm. if you're not then you're just gonna sit there and be like well, is this actually true? This might actually be true, so I'm just going to leave it. I guess it's a, it's a tough one, and my question to you would probably be um there's probably a it's it's a very thin line between negativity and feedback, right? So how do you sort between feedback and negativity? Cuz sometimes they come in the same package sometimes. Yeah. Uh sometimes it's just like uh negativity you could tell by somebody's tone. Like, where they're just being, like, hostile all the time. And then the feedback, they're just, like, they're trying to give you information to help you thrive. So you have to think about, like, how is this going to help me Mm. with the negativity? Like, how is this going to actually help me? What is this doing for me? And the feedback, you can take that and be like, well, this can actually help me. And things like that. Okay, and I guess let's dive a bit deeper into the the topic of bullying and since your business is fully ran on bullying how much of bullying actually comes from social media a lot of it like majority of the bullying comes from social media because they can contact you they can post things about you like they can just like tell other people about you it's more broad than you getting bullied in person because with the social media bullying you can look at it over and over people Mm. share it people talk about it and it's just like I can't escape it with the verbal bullying. Once you go home, it's over. It's over. Yeah. yeah. And do you have any stories of, I mean, just to put it into perspective for people, what are some crazy stories that some of your clients, you don't have to disclose names, obviously, yeah. but what are some crazy stories that you've heard while being in the, the business of anti-bullying? Um, this girl, she told me that she had to be homeschooled because... They were, like, constantly bullying her. They were, like, beating her up. And they were just, like, being very verbally abusive towards her. So they, um, so her mother took her out of school, but she said when she heard my story, she decided to go back to school because she felt like she didn't really have to listen to what they had to say to her. And what exactly, what happened to you, if you don't mind me asking, with your bullying case? Like, um, the kids would call me all kinds of names, and then it started getting... Um, physical and one of the children stabbed me in my side with the lead pencil and the teachers never did anything to they were just like oh it's just child play they're just playing around with you like that's not playing they're like actually hurting you and is that is that a common occurrence here for example in new york yes. where you can find someone was stabbed in in school in a school environment where you're supposed to be safe is that something common um, well, with, like, nowadays, you can see there's, like, a lot of violence 
mm. everywhere. So it's just like, it's not uncommon, but it's not very common. Very common. But that's the extent to which it can go. And you had to struggle with not being able to tell your mom. Why Why didn't you eventually, why did you eventually tell your mom or like what exactly happened? Because I felt like I could just ignore them. She would always tell me that like, I'm very pretty and you don't have to listen to what anybody has to say to you because you know what you are and blah, blah, blah. Like she would just like reassure me. But when I went to school, it was just like, but these people are telling me this. And it was like, I was really young. I was like six, seven years old. So it was just like, who do I really listen to? Because my mom, she takes care of me. I should listen to her. My, like, the people in my school, they're supposed to be my friends. So am I supposed to listen to them, too? Mm. Yeah, first of all, obviously, like, I mean, I can't do anything about what's already happened, but apologies. I mean, I I came from a very privileged background where in my school, the worst bullying would go is, like, name-calling, right? But it's it's worrying, and parents, if you're listening, you should probably listen to this, is that... It's worrying for a child to come home from school having been stabbed by a pencil, you know, like with a pencil, right? And they, they feel unable to tell their parents. So what, what do you think parents should do to be able to um, at least if, know if their child's bullying or to, to make the environment easier for their child to, to come out about their bullying? Um, try to make your child like comfortable with talking to you about certain things. Hmm. Like some parents, like, they'll be like, just go in your room, like, just leave me alone, I want to talk right now. Mm. Like some, but like I have the luck of having a mom where I can talk to her about anything, and it's just like I don't have to always keep things to myself because like she's kind of like, well, because she she has like a PhD in psychology, mm. so it's just like she talks. <laughs> she she people. talks a lot. Yeah, so it's just like it's easier to talk to her. But the parents that like don't have that, it's just like just find somebody that you can always like talk to. Icky, that's why they have guidance counselors mm. in school. Like, you can talk to them about something that happened to you, or you, and they don't really have to share it unless it's, like, something at home. You, like, if by mm. any means, tell them. But, um, like, it's just find somebody to talk to. Okay. And, like, do you, do you feel that parents um, from the bullies and have, a lot to do with the bully actually becoming a bully yeah some bullies are actually abused at home and they t- tend to take that out on other people if they don't have anybody else in the household to take it out on. like they'll just take it out on other people because they have no else to express their anger hmm I mean yeah that's it's definitely unfortunate and I think um just I'm gonna add my two cents over here um, I know, especially in an African setting, there is just, in some, in some countries, it's actually a culture, mm-hmm. right? Like, I, I have a lot of Nigerian friends, and this is by no means true in every single school. But sometimes it's a culture for, like, people to accept being bullied by their seniors. Um, one friend was telling me that the, the senior chased them up a tree and they had to hide. And, I mean, for some people, it's funny. For others, it's, it's harmful and it's detrimental to their mental health. So I think, I mean, it, it all comes down to making society more pro-talking and pro-expressing your feelings in a healthy setting. And especially this goes to, out to the guys out there. It's not, it's not a bad thing to go to a counselor. It's not a bad thing to talk to your friends about what's happening in your head because, again, like this is probably something, and uh, I mean, I'm not a U.S. citizen, so I'm not really sure what the culture is like yeah. here. But sometimes this results in school shootings as well. Yeah, like 
people just bottled up all of that anger. Perhaps they've been bullied and they decide to take things into their own hands. Yeah. So I find that in like Nigeria a lot too. They feel that like if you get bullied or if your family members like belittle you and things, they, it builds character and you're supposed mm. to be strong and stuff. But like how can I be strong for so long if you keep like bothering me? Like it's just like <laughs> how like what do you really think is going to happen after a while? Yeah. You're going to become depressed and then like when you're young, they'll be like, you can't be depressed because you don't have any responsibilities. And you're just like, okay, so I'm not supposed to be depressed. I'm not <laughs> depressed, but I'm sad. That's, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a weird sort of, um, uh, I guess it's an irony in a lot of African cultures. Like, I think we're very slightly starting to open up to the idea of mental health, but I don't see, I mean, maybe in a few decades or so, or depending on if you're listening and you're into mental health, like um, by all means, if you have, if you guys want to start a startup, like she's done with the bullying, like that's something that I would definitely recommend. But I, apart from that, unless people take things into their own hands, and start realizing that, I can actually help by improving someone else's mental health. Like I don't think that things in the continent are gonna change for for the time being. Yeah. And um, I mean, just segueing into the next question, I heard you comment something about. Um, the family reacting to you actually talking. So, um, do you feel like bullying can actually happen at home? Yes. Like, like I said with the physical and verbal abuse at home, there's a lot of children being abused by their parents due to like mental illness, like mm. drugs and alcohol. That that plays a big part. Um, like a lot of children get abused at home without even realizing, and they're just like, "Oh, this is just my mom." Like. Mm. Maybe that's how she's actually supposed to be, and maybe she she actually loves me, but she doesn't know how to do it. But it's just like, if mm. you feel like you're being bullied at home, you're gonna take it out on other people. So it's just like there's no escaping it unless you actually talk to somebody. And how, in in that setting of being bullied at home, whether it's by your sister, your brother, your mom, your dad, maybe it's your uncle or cousin, um, it's a bit of a tricky situation because. You might even be going through bullying at school, and then you're coming home to that. Mm-hmm. So, what what should people do in such circumstances where they're being bullied at home? Um, like I said, like talk to your guidance counselor. And some some schools they have like I saw on social media this school had like a thing where like they can wind down in like this room where like they can write out why they're, it's like kind of like you go to the nurse. Mm-hmm. There's not the nurse. It's like a room where it's just like a relaxed room where you can just relax and, mm. and do you feel like that's you know, that's something yourself. that's crucial in a lot of yes, schools yes i feel like every school should have a room like that but um some kids might take advantage of it and just go in there just yeah just. but like they should have it for like the kids who actually need it and like it would help a lot yeah no i think i've seen a lot of um a lot of different educational models but uh, I think some schools, uh, I know in my old school, we, we were planning to get a rabbit or a dog, like a campus dog. Yeah. yeah. I, I hope, like, some schools, they have that, but, like, not every school. Because you can't really have animals in every school. True. Like, you have, like, a class pet, like a fish. <laughs> but what is a, like, how am I going to talk to a fish about my feelings? <laughs> but, like, it's like you can't touch it. So it's just, like, sometimes they need, like, support animals. Yeah, no, I think it's a it's a it's a cool thing. Um, and like 
have you done any on the ground projects with schools on anti bullying? And you just yes. tell us about that. Like, I'll go into their auditorium, they'll gather all the kids, and I'll be like, Who in here has been bullied? And then they'll just like, Nobody will raise their hand. And then my mom takes the teachers into another room because she's a teacher. So they'll like talk about their stuff. But um, <laughs> I don't know what they talk about. They talk about <laughs> teacher stuff. Yeah. yeah. But, um, and then I'll tell them to raise their hand. And it's like, Almost like the whole auditorium is raising really? their hand, and then like they're scared to talk about it. So it's just like, what is there to actually do? Because mm. they're not trying to tell anybody because they don't want to seem like the weak one. I mean, that's that's very interesting. So are teachers sort of a barrier in some in some instances when it comes to reporting bullying, and how should they work to stop being a barrier and actually be someone that they can go to, a student can go to for help? Because some teachers, like, are very strict. I had this one teacher. Oh, my goodness. I could <laughs> not stand her. Relatable. But, um, like, some teachers are, like, really strict, and you're, like, scared to talk to them about stuff. Like, in your younger grades, you have one teacher for every subject. It's just, mm. like, that one teacher. So it's just, like, what can you really do if you have that one teacher? Like, you're scared to talk to them. You're scared to talk, period, mm. in front of them. So it's just, like, what is there to really do? if you can't talk to them about what's going on in the classroom. Yeah, no, I definitely, I mean, I've experienced, um, I think I've seen firsthand, actually, um, teachers not just being a barrier, but also being the bullies themselves. Like, um, I I was in class and uh, there was another girl who asked a question and the teacher just basically said, "Um, yeah, we don't, I don't answer stupid questions. And um I had yeah. a teacher like that. Um Oh <laughs> he like he he still does it. He still um, does it? Yes. He like you'll ask him a question and he'll just be like We went over that in class, you're supposed to know that. I, you're a teacher, you're supposed to answer my questions. Like <laughs> I don't know everything. So I'm supposed to like I chemistry has not always been like my strong subject. So yeah, it's just like I ask questions to like reassure myself, be like, is this is this what um, I'm actually supposed to, like, I'm scared to ask him a question. Like, I'm not supposed mm. to just not get it because, like, I just turn to just avoid asking him questions and just watching the YouTube video because he doesn't explain it fully anyway. So it's just like, mm. what is the point? Yeah, I guess um, a lot of people, like, really, really try to separate um, being a teacher and, like, being uh, at school from a similar home environment but people actually don't realize that you go to school for almost eight hours for five yes. days right yes. so most of what you're learning is not from those three hours four hours that you spend with your family once you reach home and then you know you talk to your mom have dinner you know and then everyone goes to sleep you're learning all of your main stuff from your friends at school right so i think i mean this is just me adding my two cents again for the teachers that might be listening right is that you you might need to create a home environment in your school environment right <laughs> and yeah. yeah just have I, had, you, yeah. I had a teacher like that um can i say her name i'm, g- I'm gonna say her uh, name no you're not i can't <laughs> well it's like everybody has to, okay, okay. Well, <laughs> no names no names she was my global teacher and like she was like my favorite teacher ever she's like she's pretty young now i think she's like 20 something mm-hmm. but um She's really cool, and she, like, made the classroom warm, and she's just, like, she helped me get global a lot, 
And it's just like, if it wasn't for her, I probably wouldn't know anything about mm. goals. Like, she's a really good teacher, and she like she lets she has like these times where you can go up to her classroom during lunch. Like, there's a lot of kids that don't really have that many friends, so they'll go up to her classroom and have lunch with her. And she's really like nice. Mm. Yeah, no, I think it's a lot of people think teaching is just transferring information, but no, it's you have to create an environment where someone's gonna learn, not just memorize, because. That's a lot of what the education system is based on. And I had a wonderful history teacher in my old school. And uh, I feel like, I felt like I could talk to him in my class, right? Mm-hmm. It, it always felt like, even if I had, like I actually had a breakdown one day and I went straight to him because he was not just a teacher, but he was friendly, right? He didn't have to be my friend, like, but like he was friendly. Yeah, yeah there's just those teachers that act like as your school mom or your school Yeah, dad. school dad, mom. Yeah, so it's just like, you go to them to talk about certain things because, like, you feel really comfortable with them. I mean, like, the question then becomes, um, how do you change the culture around that? Like, how do you change the culture around that, the bullying and everything that teachers might be doing to their students? And how do you make sure that there is a proper um, uh, environment for you to be able to tell your teacher that you're being bullied? Um, well, with the older teachers, I don't think it's really popular. I try. <laughs> like, okay. they just don't. They don't budge. They're just like, I like the way I teach. I've been teaching for 20 years. I know what I'm doing. You mm. know what you're doing. And just like, well, I'm a student. I probably know what I'm doing more than you because I actually have to listen to you for a lot of my day. And I have to like learn everything from you. And I know how I like to learn. I know how other kids my age like to learn. Mm. So it's just like, maybe you should take advice sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But um, the best thing to do is just hire new teachers like i like the fact that um my school they hire younger teachers than to like they keep some older teachers that have been working there for a long time but mm-hmm. at the same time they have younger teachers and they like they get what you're doing like they get it because they just yeah. got out of school like they get where you're coming from because they're like oh i had homework so like, yeah, i'm so, not gonna give you guys homework on fridays yeah. because i know that y'all had homework all week and y'all have other classes but the um the older teachers they'll like give you a project that's due the next day, not realize you mm. have like three more projects for other classes. Mm. It's just like I have other classes, like I have a life outside of school. Like my <laughs> school is just not always just school, school, school. I have to like And do you feel like that stress? I mean like I know I know a lot of people who stress themselves, especially because of a couple of things, college applications, um, just general school life and maybe home life does that contribute a lot to bullying itself um i don't really know hmm i don't know about that like in my school we have like a thing where um you basically just you get to get a head start with college so when you're graduating Mm. high school you graduate with an associate's degree because you're taking all ap and then they have this thing called college now Mm-hmm. Where you can actually go, because the college is right next door to my school. So you're you're going to college currently, right? Kind of. <laughs> kind of. Like some of the classes are like college level classes, mm-hmm. but they're not. I'm not quite in college yet. But are you taking any college classes at the yeah. moment? Yeah, I take okay. um, AP English Lit. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's quite that's quite heavy. And at the same time, you're running those two businesses. Yeah. Right. So that, again, classic example, guys. There's no such thing as an excuse. If you're in uni, um, like, there's no excuse. If you're in high school, if you're doing college applications, I mean, we have someone here who's doing college classes at the age of 14, 
and you've been able to run two successful businesses and you're still growing them to max capacity, right? Yeah. It's not easy though. It's yeah. Like, it's no it's never easy. Easy lives has to be the hardest thing I've ever done. Because <laughs> it's like the teacher she wants just enough but not too much and not too little. Mm. Like the the way I used to learn, um, in eighth grade was like you write your argumentative essay and you have your details and you so you explain it. She's yeah. like, you only need one detail. Don't explain it. Just do, like I'm, and then I did that, and then I didn't get a high grade, and I was just like, yeah. You told me to do that. So. And is there any time where school is kind of taken a backseat? Like, how do you balance them? Because I know sometimes when I try to balance things, it usually goes like, uh, like a metronome sort of. So like you have school on this side, school grades yeah. go up, side hustle goes down. Then you realize you need to fix that. Then the side hustle goes up. Then school goes down. I just like I have to learn how to not procrastinate. I just do everything one time. Uh-huh. So then, like, I'll just complete all my assignments. Totally, like, God sent my teacher for some of the assignments early, so like, I don't have to worry about not giving it in because it's there already. Like, yeah. I'll give it in like, and then sometimes they'll give you extra credit for it, so you don't have to like, if you miss like a certain assignment, it's not gonna really affect you mm. that much. Okay, and I guess sometimes yeah, when you're when you're doing a side hustle, like a lot of the optional stuff. Um, kind of takes a back seat because I mean you can probably agree on this like you can't be great at everything and um, it comes down to the question of what do you really want to do with your school time so if you're someone who really 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 wants to become a doctor it's not a joke out in these streets like mm-hmm. you need in the UK you probably need at least like three A stars to get into a decent med school university right mm-hmm. and if you're running a business at the same time people do that yeah. but it's not like you're gonna be guaranteed because eventually you know you realize that you can't be excellent at everything if you're dividing your time to too many things so when do you say no like is there like a time where you were overwhelmed and you had to say no to something yeah like i'll like i'll be like i'm not doing it (laughs) there's certain times like you can even ask me there's certain times where i just be like i don't want to do it i want to stay home Mm -hmm. i don't want to like i don't want to be there I don't want to be there mm-hmm. and do this. And then she's like, well, you have a business? I'd be like, you have to say no. I just, I can't because I have to do something. And it's mm. just like, it's either a school or it's the business. Mm. Or like, it'd be like, oh, she's like, I have to pick you up early. I'm just like, I have an exam. She's just like. Gosh. And have you, ever, <laughs> have you ever had to pick between school and your business? Yes, but I always pick school because. Oh, interesting. That, that like, that is going to affect me more because I don't know if this business is going to last like forever. Mm. It might not last forever. So I just have to take and be like, well, how is this going to affect me? Because I feel like whenever I do something that's like very, very like dependent on a decision, like a really hard decision, mm-hmm. I'd be like, I think about everything that led me up to that point. Mm. So I'd be like, if I did one thing different, I probably wouldn't be here right now. Mm. That's actually a good philosophy to go yeah. by because, yeah, I can definitely relate to that. And, like, this is a bit off topic, but in that case, you said that you're going to pick school over your business, right? So you have a choice. This is just a hypothetical situation. Your business grows and it's constantly growing and growing and growing to the point whereby you're reaching <laughs> college applications, right? You get into your dream school. What do you pick, the business or school? School. School. <laughs> do you reckon that you could do both? I've, I've never. I don't know because I haven't. I haven't been to uh-huh. that point yet. But. Uh, but like, if you could, 
if the business was making enough turnover, right? I guess I could like incorporate it in school uh, somehow. I mm-hmm. don't know, but um, I I'm just gonna always pick school. I don't know. Yeah. So I think no it has something to out. do with like my dad being Nigerian <laughs> and like being afraid. <laughs> so it's just like I I don't know. I'm just gonna always pick school because that like. In Nigeria, it's always school. Like, school is important. Do not <laughs> not go to school. Don't drop out of college. Don't drop out of high school. Go to school. You're going to yeah. become a doctor or a lawyer, doctor or lawyer, doctor or lawyer. <laughs> or so engineer. Yes. Yeah. Anything that makes, like, a lot of money, they want you to... They they fail to realize that doctor, like, he barely makes any money because they have to spend all their money on malpractice insurance. <laughs> but, um, like, it's just... It's always doctor or a lawyer, and I just, like, I'm always going to school mm-hmm. because I that is a lot of family members you have to hear from if yeah. you drop out and be like I'm just gonna do this business to be like no you're not you're going to school mm. so it's just like I'm do you think you'll ever if you if the business was making enough turnover to the point whereby school kind of became impossible would you drop out or would you drop the business I would drop out but like <laughs> I'll have to, it would take a lot of Proving to them that I actually have money mm. to stabilize myself, but like that's like a lot of talking, and like they're not gonna believe you, and they're gonna be like, okay, don't ask me for money, and be like, but what mm. if I need it, and then you'd be like, well, that's too bad, you should stay <laughs> in school. Yeah, no, it usually goes back then. I guess um, a lot of people are judged by their families when they either drop out of school or try to start their own business. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess you still have a lot of time, like you're fourteen. <laughs> Yeah. You, have, you have a lot of time to, like, yeah. experience things. But has your business uh, or have you recently experienced any setbacks? Like, what's been your worst failure? What's been your most embarrassing moment, if you don't mind sharing? Because um, I'm trying to get listeners to start their own thing and to not really care about the failure, to, like, realize it's part of the process. Um, I think, like, my worst failure was when... Uh well, I don't know if it's like a failure, but we were on the way to this show and like we were kind of running late and the whole rack flipped over. Oh no. And all the clothes on the floor and we had to pick them up. Some of them were wet and it was just bad. It was just really bad because the clothes <laughs> was heavy and they just all fell and we were all sitting there looking at each other like, who's picking that up? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like, I don't so how did you deal with that like how did the show did the show still go on yeah just not with all the pieces <laughs> like some of the pieces we had to make up as we went like if a shirt got messed up the girl just had to wear a blank tank top oh wow so like that takes away from a lot of the the clothing because like they're not going to see the full piece just yeah see it. i mean that's yeah that's pretty devastating i mean uh i think when i first started podcasting as well um, the night before the show, the microphone broke. <laughs> so, I mean, I can definitely relate on, on some level. And uh, I guess, I don't know, it's, it's difficult. Like, I'm, I'm not telling listeners to like, not feel bad. Because like, that's just telling you not to be human. Like, it's natural to feel bad when you fail. But how did you deal with that? Did you ever, did you, do you dwell on that? Do you even care about it now? That well, show? I don't, well, not it's not permanent but like it's still like kind of embarrassing because mm-hmm. people are looking at you trying to pick up clothes and you're just like but do people then, remember you for that 
or the success I don't of know. business. <laughs> so, like the people walking past, they might remember me, remember me as the girl that dropped all her clothes on the ground. <laughs> so I don't know. Like it kind of it kind of sticks with me sometimes. I'm just like, because mm. sometimes like you don't even know people, but sometimes like they know you. Mm. And they'll be like, well, she's kind of out of order because she dropped all her clothes on the floor. <laughs> what she did all the time, that the models were in dirty clothes. Gosh. And, and just like. Yeah, I definitely understand that. But you've had to, I mean, you've kept going, right? And you're still, like, you don't show any signs of stopping. I don't think so. Yeah. So, I mean, you've, you've basically kind of gotten over it, I suppose. Or at least it doesn't like haunt you at night, and you don't dwell on it, having nightmares about the day that you. <laughs> no, I don't yeah. Have nightmares about it. Okay. Um. And uh, we're gonna move into the last ten minutes of the show. Um. We're gonna move into the fun questions, right? Um. Or the hypothetical questions. Um. But one one last deep question, before we get into everything. So obviously, um, your CV can basically become a book, from what I've seen. It's it probably has become a book, <laughs> yeah, in, in several ways. Uh, but if I was to list things out, if I was to list things out, you'd probably have a very, very long CV, right? And you're definitely well-connected. You've been on CNN. You've been on Black Enterprise. You have 13.6 thousand followers. You're obviously going to get a lot of envious and jealous people here, right? So how do you tell between the fake friends and everything and... How do you manage that jealousy that you know you're getting from people? Sometimes it's even from different family members, whether it's a cousin, you know, how do you deal with that? Um, I manage the fake friends by like, when I first went to my new school, Medgar Vizcala's College Preparatory School, nobody knew who I was, so that was good, mm. until they found out. So I took like, <laughs> I didn't tell anybody anything, I tried to avoid telling them at all costs, like if I had to leave school, they'd be like, where are you going, like, doctor's appointment? <laughs> doctor's appointment <laughs> and then like I would just like I would never tell anybody anything nobody knew anything until mm. one of my friends was like I saw you on I saw you on Instagram I was just like don't tell anybody but um, I could tell my fake friends because like majority of my friends that I have now are from my older school and like that was before I started my business mm-hmm. and everything so like they've been with me from the beginning but um from a new school, it's kind of hard to tell who's fake and who's not because, well, I can tell who's fake because like I read like energy, <laughs> uh, I read energy, yeah. so it's just like if your energy is off, I'm not gonna talk to you, mm. like I'm not gonna open up as much. Mm. Like I have a lot of acquaintances, but I don't have a lot of friends. Like friends are people that I'll invite to my house. I wouldn't invite everybody to my house, but just like. Mm. And is your circle pretty tight? Would you say? Yeah, I probably have like three main friends because hmm. I have a lot of other friends but like I have three people that would actually like let them come in my house or let them sleep over and things like that because I don't really trust everybody because I don't know what their intentions are hmm. and has anyone ever tried to like use you for the fame or <laughs> no, that's a different topic for a different, <laughs> different topic for a different day yeah. but yeah I'm, I'm pretty sure that's probably happened it's I mean, people, yeah, people be out in, like, in these streets just trying to get that attention. And, uh, yeah, I guess um, my last question, um, just from the deeper side of things, is you've obviously come very far, but you couldn't have gotten here alone. Like, you've mm-hmm. probably had a team, you've probably had someone else helping you. 
Um, so just for the record, just name three people that you want to thank today and explain briefly how they helped you. Uh, the first person is my grandma because if it wasn't for my grandma, my mom wouldn't be here. And the second Aww. one is my mom. The second one is my mom and, well, my grandpa too. I don't know. There's a lot of people. Uh, mm-hmm. My grandma, my grandpa, my mom, my dad, my publicist, my Siobhan. Wait, there's more than three people. I don't know. There's mm. a lot of people. Um, and how do you practice my, gratitude in that, in that sense? Like, how do you practice thanking these people? Like, do you meditate on that, like, daily? Um, like, what do you do? I, like, people will know if I actually, like, because I'll just, like, I'll be more warm to them. Mm. Like, I, I'll, I don't know how to explain it. Because I don't talk to everybody, like, all the time. Like, if I, like, talk to you all the time, that's how you know that I'm, like, that's how I express my gratitude, I guess. I don't know. Mm. I definitely understand. And, like, now we're going to move on to the, the fun round. So, um, name one person that's dead or alive that you want to have dinner with. Beyonce. Beyonce? I love Beyonce. <laughs> why, why Beyonce? I don't know. She's just amazing. Like, her and Jay-Z are just, like, the power couple. He cheated on her and she made money off of <laughs> Like, <laughs> she made money off, she made an album about him and just was, like, and they both made money off of it. Like, it's just, like, they're just, they just know how to do stuff. I don't know. I want to mm. be like them. Okay, I mean, I mean, I doubt they're listening to this podcast, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's, I mean, you never know what could actually happen, yeah. and maybe that dinner might actually be possible. If it, oh my goodness, I would like faint. I don't even know what I would do. She's just, <laughs> I just love Beyonce. Okay, um, yeah, no, that's, that's a new one. I think someone last week um, mentioned another entrepreneur, but is there any, yeah, she's definitely an entrepreneur, and like, what have you learned from Beyonce, just... I don't know. Just like, just don't let anything set you back from making money. Cause she just made <laughs> money from like. People would just like be like, "Oh my god, I'm so done with him." Blah, blah, blah. She like made an album and made a lot of money. Mm. It. So it's it just was like, charting. Yeah, lemonade. Yes, like she, she's just like the, like the role model of like. Doing what you want, cause she's been doing it from when she was young. Hmm. And you've been doing this from when you're young, yeah. <laughs> so like she's just like she's just really talented. And if you if you ever when you become as big as Beyonce, right? What are you going to do for the entrepreneurs that are starting out just like you? What would you do? I feel like I would just be like giving out free money because I don't need all that money. Like, what am I going to do with all that money? Uh huh. One person, unless I have like a huge fi- like I would give it to my family, but like I'm still gonna have a lot left over. I would just like give away a lot of my money and if you were a billionaire what's the first thing that you would want to to get or like do with that money buy a house okay <laughs> and like have the house like where i bought it and i don't have a mortgage or rent or anything mm-hmm. like it's just mine and then i would give like a lot of it to my family like mm-hmm. i would help my family out and i don't even know invest in it yeah I don't know how to buy stocks yet, so I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> you learn, you learn. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and the last question of the show, so this is a bit of a challenge, actually. So, um, as an entrepreneur, you need to be able to come up with different solutions for certain things, and you also need to think very fast, and you need to be very creative. Oh, so I'm going <laughs> to... I mean, you've started two businesses, and... Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I think you'll, have, you'll be fine. 
It's not that deep of a question, but um, I'll give you 30 seconds. 30? Yeah, 30 seconds. Yeah, it's a challenge. And you have to give me as many uses as possible for a chair. And your time starts now. You sit on it? Yeah. Lay on it? Okay. Can you do that? Uh, yeah. Uh, use that as a table? Okay, a chair is a table. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. You, you can still have 15 seconds left? Break off the legs and use it for stuff? I don't for what? I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't know anymore. Okay, that's 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 totally fine. So you've okay. So so far the record's three. We're gonna see. Um, our guest next week is gonna be Leroy. He's another entrepreneur from Kenya. I'm gonna see if he can beat your record. But we're I gonna do it with a with a different object this time. Might be harder. Might be easier. But yeah, as as of now, that's gonna gonna wrap up the show. Thank you so much. Yeah for being here congratulations again on everything that you've been able to do um and uh i think that yeah there's there's definitely a lot of different things that you wanted to do is there anything that you wanted to leave for the listeners anything that you wanted to get through um well i want you guys to buy my book uh-huh easy for life by my own design it's on amazon for 13.99 okay and um basically it's just about my story everything we talked about on here like okay in this book so um one more time for the camera <laughs> um it's called egypt ufle life by my own design if you don't know how to spell ufle it's u-f-e-l-e and if you don't know how to spell egypt it's e-g-y-p-t okay so for everyone wants to that wants to buy the book i'll definitely leave a picture of that um in the post that comes directly after this uh thank you so much for your time uh the story behind this show is actually quite funny. I mean, I just reached out through LinkedIn and <laughs> I didn't know if I should talk to her mom or her and, uh, you know, the mom's an NYPD officer. So it's like some some 18-year-old boy telling you to come to a hotel because you know how these entrepreneur yeah. things be. So uh, thank you again for trusting me <laughs> uh, and believing in the podcast. And thank you so much to everyone who listened in today. Uh, much love, peace and positivity. Have a wonderful new year. And that's going to wrap it up for today.